Here we are. Here we go. Take one. Welcome to Real Women, Real Lives, where wit and wisdom collide. Seriously, who knew that French fries could be a catalyst for shifts of consciousness? It's just so clear to me in this moment how I get confused about it. And then we remember. How can we create a life that allows us to step into our work and our expression, just being who we are, but also funds our dreams? Yeah. What is my husband doing right now? Am I successful enough? But do you have faith that you're okay no matter what happens? everyone. Welcome to Real Women, Real Lives. This is Melissa. And Barb. Hi, Barb. Hi, Melissa. Today, Barb and I were talking about how sometimes when people look at other people's lives, how they appear linear. Like there was this magic moment when they just realized their purpose and everything was a straight line from one place to the other and how in reality, it's actually quite different than the way it appears. So Barb, how about you talk to us what we were just talking about? Yeah, I I had the pleasure last night of speaking to a gentleman out of Vietnam. He does these um, YouTube interviews where he speaks to different leaders and people. And really his questions were about my life journey and then the connection to kind of where we end up and what we're up to. And it was funny because I shared a story. He asked, he started out by saying, what did you want to be when you were a child? Well, I was that girl that fantasized greatly about being an actress. What? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. And I did speech in grade school and used to win blue ribbons and like theater was always kind of, should I be doing that? And, you know, like it was always something that brought me a lot of joy. Wow. As you know, (laughs) I did not go in that direction. But I shared with him another story that I have this memory of, I think I was like 10, 11, maybe. And my mom took me to a Leo Buscaglia speaker event or workshop. I don't really know what it was. He was one of the first kind of self-help authors and speakers. And so he talked about family order and he talked about love. Well, you know, even at that age, obviously my mom took me because I was reading his books at that age. Like I was fascinated, like already, right? But wow. I remember sitting in the audience and just laughing and smiling and like loving what he was saying and the energy in the room. We were driving away. I said to her, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Wow. I said, I want to make people feel that way. And it's so funny because in sharing that story, then it looked like, wow, he goes, so you knew really early and look at you. And I was like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> not at all. It was not that way at all. I get, I, now I see, right? In hindsight, I see, but no, I spent my teens and my time in college lost, Mm. you know, really unsure of my, I changed my major like five times. I was everything from dietitian to deaf education. You know, I tried business and then I took an accounting class. And the first day I was like, this is boring. I'm leaving. (laughs) You know, like it was like, I just had no 
clue. <laughs> oh my God. And so I struggled. I really struggled in, in school and college and, you know, and then I left and I went and volunteered and that was sort of random how that happened. And I went to Africa for a while and that was amazing and could tell stories for hours about that. And then when I got back, a mentor of mine offered me a position at the student center where I would lead retreats and conversations that were around, you know, like self-help. We did community outreach stuff, you know, and I started to see how, wow, I'm thriving here. Mm -hmm. I did not thrive in school. And so I did that for a while. And then what happened was I got into personal development stuff and teaching adult education, transformational experiences. And that ultimately led to working inside of corporations and doing organizational development and leadership and talent management. And to where my last position, where I was the head of a global function living in Paris. Bonsoir. Succès. Oui. You know, and getting to do a lot of really cool things and travel around the world. Now you hear that, that all sounds so logical, doesn't it? It sounds so logical and linear and right. No, no. Let me tell you what also was included in those years. Two different attempts, one in my 20s and one in my 30s to start my own business. Failure. The second one failed so much that I had a significant debt and a lot of financial shame around it and felt like, you know, really bad about myself. Um, I moved back in with my mom in my 30s to try and get my finances uh, back on track. I struggled thinking that I was, you know, I did sales at that time. I did, worked in a furniture store. I did massage therapy. Wow. Yeah. I waited tables in those years at a couple different places. I taught little workshops sometimes. And the thing that would cause me the most pain is when I thought I was off track. I feel like a failure and like I'm off track and it's not working. Yet in hindsight, I can see how every step, including waiting tables, including living above a garage, yes, helping take care of kids so I didn't have a rent, you know, like including moving back in with my mom, mm-hmm. including the two attempts at business, which were great and they just didn't work out, right? All of that has served my life. It has served my evolution, my growth and where I am today. But in the midst of it, I had a misunderstanding, right? In the midst of it, it looked like I was off track. Yes. If I just could figure out what I was meant to do or get my shit together, excuse me, that life would be working out different than it is. And that was a misunderstanding. Mm. Life was happening through me. All of this was life. All of this was a journey. And I really began to see it's like, yeah, the the illusion is that somehow we figure it out, like you said, and then it's all smooth sailing. No, no, it's a very crooked path. It's a very crooked path. And yet all of it serves our evolution, our growth, our humanity, our service. Mm -hmm. And so it's really like what I've come to see is off track is an illusion. And the struggle to try and find the right track and the right path ends up, I think, having us miss some of the scenery, having us miss opportunities along the way. And thankfully, at some point in that journey, I had the thought, because I had been trying really hard for years to figure out my purpose, even though I told you the Leo Buscaglia story, pretty clear as a 10-year-old, what I realized was, what if there's no purpose 
but how am I in this moment living on purpose? What if I'm right where I'm meant to be and not because I'm a failure and I have a lesson to learn, but because there's gifts, there's opportunity, there's connection, there's growth, there's love right here, right now, right where I am. And taking on path, off path, right path, wrong path, like just out of my vocabulary, right? Mm-hmm. And just starting to see like, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, what's on? If I know it's crooked, if I stop worrying about where I'm at and just start seeing what is on offer right here, what would I see? I cannot tell you how much I love hearing about all of that, Barb. I just love it so much. And it's really funny that you and I have a very similar <laughs> I also wanted to be an actor. You did? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. I could see it too. But like, I mean, that was, that was my passion. Yeah. But, you know, my parents told me, well, that's not practical at all. So, you know, don't do that. Yeah. Um, and just like my dad told me not to be happy because the other shoe would drop, you know, I, I got a lot of, <laughs> got a lot of interesting advice as a kid. <laughs> it's amazing. I can walk and talk. It really yeah. is. Also, when I was about 20 years old, I found a book in my, at the time, boyfriend called Erroneous Zones by Wayne Dyer. And it was like one of the first books that I understood of its kind. And I just was so interested in what he was sharing. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And then, of course, I got a degree in accounting <laughs> and um, became a public accountant. You know, yeah. I mean, as we've talked about before, it couldn't have been any more not what felt right, but it served a purpose because I grew up poor and I wanted to get something that was going to afford me to be able to pay and take care of myself and, you know, hopefully one day my family. And it has served that purpose very, very well. And I know how to run a business because of that. There have been things along the path breakups, right? Moves from New York to LA for a year that was so miserable. I was engaged to a guy, it didn't work out, and I hated LA. I can't tell you how much I hated LA. And then after my dad passed, I wanted to get out of New York. It was just too much, you know? I had the thought, well, what about LA? And I went back there. I wouldn't have gone there had I didn't go there for that year. And then I spent 15 years of my life there. And I loved it. When my husband and I reconnected 18 years after the first time we dated in college for three months, and I broke up with him because (laughs) I wanted to take over the world. (laughs) And, you know, I got pretty close to doing that. (laughs) Only to realize like, oh, I actually would like a partner to share my life with who has all, frankly, the values that I have. And he popped into my head 18 or so years later. And on our wedding day, when I walked down the aisle, there was a song from Rascal Flatts called Broken Road, like what you're talking about. And so all of those things in my life led me to that very moment had I not dated all of those wonderful people up until that point, I may not have realized and appreciated how incredible my husband is. Because I just didn't know at the time when I was in college. (laughs) I love that story. Yeah. So I love what you're saying. I also, you know, I've heard this analogy so many times, but it's really helpful for me. You know, I fly back and forth between New York and LA all the time. And apparently I'm always off track. Planes are always off track. And they're constantly redirecting. And each time I've gotten there just fine. 
I also waited tables. And so I learned not only how to be of service, but how important it is to be grateful for people that are providing service. I have been poor and I have an appreciation for what it's like to grow up in certain zip codes and not have resources that, you know, I do today. So it's given me a spectrum of experiences and opportunities so that I can get to show up in the world to be the person I am today. I feel as comfortable talking with someone at a bus stop as I do the chairman of the board because I've been all of those people. Yeah. So I love what you're saying. And it could look like a straight line for me too. And it definitely is not. When I was 10, I was at King Cullen in Queens carrying packages, offering to get tips, right? It has not been a straight line. And I guess the truth is I'm grateful for all of it. I may not have liked some of it at the time. And I also love this thought that nothing's wrong, right? In each moment, nothing's wrong. Because when I get in a lot of trouble in my head is when there's something wrong with what's happening. And then I just spin. You know, the direction that I look in, that's what I find. So if I'm looking for what's wrong in a situation, I'm going to gather a ton of evidence about what's wrong as opposed to being in the situation and seeing, oh, what's what's on offer here for me? Yeah. And I think it's like when we look in hindsight, it's why, you know, people will say, oh, I get why that didn't work out or I get why it took the amount of time it took. And I think it's like if we could bring that hindsight to right into the here and now. And it's like, mm. yeah, in school, I didn't thrive, but I thrived in so many other ways during the college experience with friendships, my own growth, my personal growth with the people I got to meet and be connected to. So again, it's just interesting how we will, in the midst of things, often underappreciate what it's bringing us and overappreciate what it's not bringing us. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think really realizing that some of those things that could look off course or off path, off track, show us more of who we are, show us more of what matters to us, wake us up maybe to something new and fresh. And I think there's so much opportunity and possibility in that direction as well. But I like what you're saying. So much of that internal suffering or self-doubt question comes because we assume there's a problem to be solved. And so what if there isn't? What if there isn't a problem with where you are and how it's going? What if it's going down in the perfect way, in the perfect pace? Yeah, I think there's real power in that. If I believe that what's going down is what's supposed to be going down and perfect, I start to become grateful, perhaps, mm -hmm. for what I have and find the good. And it's also a place of power because then I get to make a choice. If I'm in this place of gratitude and acceptance for what is, then I am not in a place of desperation or neediness to change. Mm -hmm. And there, for me, there's no power in that needing to make a change because something's wrong, yeah. right? I'm usually going to make a harsh decision, one that, and by the way, I have done this many times as opposed to pausing, being grateful for what is, and then having some elevation actually from the situation to see from a higher ground. That's, I think, what is helpful for me to know in the moment. You know, I have a friend, Stephanie, she's like, you're always in the middle of a miracle. Sometimes I want to punch her in the nose when she says that because, you know, things look hard or, you know, a situation is tricky. But what she's telling me is that on the other side, there's always wisdom to your point when you look back, hmm. right? Be like, aha. So having trust in the moment, in this moment, that we will have that hindsight yeah. is helpful for me to know. Yeah. Yeah. And what if we just drop the idea that it's linear? 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, life is not linear. Right. That's an illusion. That's a trick of the mind. You know, it's not. Everyone can look to their life and see it. We're just recognizing that it's a crooked path. And that's more than okay. It's full of richness and life and messiness and all that life has to offer us. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's not linear. It's a crooked path. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get wherever we need to get, just like that plane goes from New York to LA. We're going to arrive. It might not be exactly the time that we thought, but we will get there. Yeah, that's right. And enjoy the ride. Enjoy the snacks. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy all of that. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We're so grateful for your presence. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this conversation, please share As always, we appreciate your rates and reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you have something on your mind, something you're seeing for yourself that you'd like to share with us or something you'd like us to talk about, you can email us at realwomenreallivespodcast at gmail.com and let us know. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Lots of love.